podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash fmlfpl. It has been a long while, my friend. How the fuck are you? I'm good. I'm just a, a little bit nervous that I'm going to resell the pod after someone actually smart with statistical evidence came onto the pod in my stead last week. I'm a little bit nervous about that. Yeah, but aren't you also a little bit excited for like the new listeners to the pod, like the stat heavy, like oh, smart no. nerds to listen to this actual this is the actual raw uncut pod and just Why be would like, I be what excited the to fuck? Lose? Excited to like lose listeners? Like, yeah, can't wait. Great, great. <laughs> Just off, a, offend hordes of people. Come on, it's it's our specialty. Uh, fuck. So, how did you do in uh, FPL's glorious return of Game Week Nine? <laughs> <laughs> um, had fifty four. Really, the main difference was Dilve, big donkey dick Dilve coming in with nine points was really the only kind of. Big differential I had that when I'm looking at other teams that I don't really have. I, Mendy, you know, I feel of, like, too. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, everyone ha- seemed to have two cleans somehow. And, you know, I got Mendy and, and Allison. So it was kind of a wash when I was kind of poking around other teams. But, yeah, Mendy came in and Captain Mo gave me a couple extra points compared to Kuhn. But other than that, it was a series of ones and zeros. But, you know, I got a little green arrow. Trent, Trent's a problem. We'll get there. But, uh, yeah, I was just, you know, it was really such a good move by me to bring Dart in because it was the first game all season that he had zero shot attempts and zero chances created. So it was just <laughs> perfect timing. Actually perfect timing. Good job by me. Yeah. How did you do? I mean, I brought in Darty too and Patricio oh, yeah. for just a, oh, yeah. a delightful, oh, yeah. delightful double from them. So oh, yeah. it was a huge haul. In Lambs, I was just, I cursed myself in Lambs by just being like, oh, I have such a high floor. Trent Robbo, double Chelsea against United, like double Wolves, like blah, blah, blah. I got like fucking no points there. But I don't know, a little green arrow, not too bad. I mean, I felt in looking and going back and watching highlights and especially the match today, Arsenal Leicester today, like I was so unlucky to not have like an insane flying week. I mean, like getting no points from Louise, Matto, or Laka was really unlucky. Only getting one dong from Kuhn was pretty lucky. Like I was just thinking, there's there there's some parallel universe where I'm like twenty points higher just by like the odds of a shot going in. Like I don't know if you saw in the highlights like the Laka sitter and like yeah, Kuhn yeah, had a trillion thing. chances for a hat trick and yeah. But you know, Madis- Madison didn't seem. I mean, from like the fifteen minute highlight package, didn't seem like he did shit in open play, though, did he? No, he was good. Yeah, he had okay. some open play moments. I mean, he did two of his key passes or whatever were were on set pieces, but yeah. he was like the header off the He bar. was just doing his thing. Like he was just beating guys off the dribble, like drawing fouls, like you know the pass before the pass, or you know just dangerous all the time. But then it's. The thing is, the game flipped on its head, and second half Arsenal just fucking dominated, and Maddo got subbed early, and Leicester had no idea what was happening. So, yeah, you know that's how it goes sometimes. It's just how it goes. I'm, I feel fortunate to get a green arrow amongst all of those guys I just named blanking, even though unfortunate for all those guys to be blanking. So whatever, you know. Um, 
Let me, yeah, let me housekeeping. Shout out to the FML Field Prize League slash Mug League leader for October so far. One more game week to go. Aaron England, aka Gerud Sandstorm. Still a just a fabulous name that I always like. Uh, shout out to the Goal Scorers Challenge League leader so far. It's still Magic Mike. He's sitting on 12 goals. But here comes Matt Doherty, one goal behind him. Matt, the famous for winning the Survivor League and the Bobblehead last season. I think he's just like really good at the like weird side games and probably not that good at FPL, but who knows. Um, and lastly, shout out at the top of the FML FPL Public League. It's still Guy Guy, still Wijnaldum Leviosa up to 29th overall. So it's a fucking great job by him. Should we start with City? Should we just bang that out? No, let's get the Trent Liverpool defense Trent. out of the way. Okay, cool. We got to... Let me just rattle off these four questions. I mean, I probably got 20 questions sent in about Trent and Liverpool defense, but here are some. Marsali, Marsali, is Trent nailed? Lol. Uh, Joe Wallace, who are the best options to double up on Liverpool defense with? Rabo, or go for someone cheap or bite the bullet and get VVD. Ben Urfi, is Lovren a thing at 4-9? Is two games in a row enough for him to be a thing? And then lastly, J-Flo, also on Slack, should we, should we be getting rid of Trent or improving our fifth defender when Trent is benched? This is assuming Trent will still get more Prem games than not. If we get rid of Trent, who we should pick up? Blah, blah, blah. Can't afford premiums. So if we drop Trent, should we be getting Duffy, Yedlin, Holobos, or someone else? It feels gross, but maybe that's what needed to be done. Ugh, it is gross. So, I mean, we, we, why would we start with me? This is your side. You, you got the the ear to the uh, third rail. Yeah, I wish on? I had a fucking better ear. Like, I wish I had someone to, like, text on the inside or something. But the truth is I'm I'm just as clueless as everyone else. I mean... Oh, that's great. That's why you listen to this pod. Yeah, like, going into Game Week 9, info. we were both very confident that the back four, right to left, is Trent... Gomez, VVD, Rabo. I absolutely thought that was the case. The weird rest against City was just a weird tactical change, and then I was very surprised to see Lovren back in and Gomez at right back. So, I mean, I don't know. It's probably back-to-back games is very concerning, and it's probably a a move waiting to happen. I think you you probably just get rid of Trent straight up, right? Yeah, I, I'm a little bit interested to see the team that that he puts at midweek. Um, I mean, if Trent starts that, then that could be that could be the writing on the wall all we need. But I think it's important to remember that he's still a child, and his minutes are going to be managed. Liverpool are going to play 50 plus games this season, so you know he's going to maybe go through these little pockets where he's you know fiddling around with formation or something like that. I mean, Gomez is also still pretty young. I guess you know the legs are saved a little bit with the games he gets at center back, but you know they, he has a lot of options now with Lovren, so. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not as panicky as I thought I would be, but interesting. Yeah, it's I'm I'm thinking of potentially. I think I don't think it was J Floor or someone, but if he's going to play zero minutes in games or ninety minutes in games, and it's going to be a more fluid rotation, like I don't mind doing like getting like Kennedy in as my fifth midfielder, so I have a good option first on the bench, like for the next two months, and you know if if Trent's going to play seventy five percent of the games or something, that could be okay, but. I see what you mean. You like know. it's it's not a Bayvis situation where he's going to do a one minute cameo and stuff like that. Yeah. It does seem like when he doesn't start, barring injury, he will not sub in. He's like not that guy. Yeah, and the fixture is also good, but at the same time, I mean, 
he's you know you're only point seven if you don't if you have Trent or point eight away from Van Dyke, who is just the most safe nailed on share that you could have, and you know now it's a little million plus six four Rabo, but there's no question that those two options are the are the more you know serious serious safe options and you know Gomez is also definitely should be thought of he hasn't missed a really missed a game this year so I mean Trent seems like the squeakiest wheel I definitely think we need more sample size before we consider Lovren at 4-9 but I think we just need we don't know yet we still need a little bit more sample size and Klopp's just managing the the squad and the players you know Trent had maybe one or two bad games and then you know Gomez has been perfectly adequate at right back his performances and you know he's obviously was great at center back so you know I don't know I like I don't love doing Trent to Gomez for some reason even though I mean normally it's even you know, though it's like sideways and it doesn't seem that sideways since Gomez appears to be playing every game but just not that you just get what it. what is it do you think you're just getting vibes that one game Trent's going to be at right back and Gomez will be dropped for Lovren or is it or is it something else yeah. that's bothering you? No, that that's what that's what bothers me. Yeah, just, that, that could feels, happen. It feels very unpredictable because logic tells us that you're going to Huddersfield who scored four goals all season, and you can, you're going to want to have you know someone over on the right who's you're going to be able to build through and, and create. And he didn't give a fuck about that at all, and he played the more defensive option who. Maybe one or two times he did something in the final third, but really not an option at yeah, all. It's not nothing like Trent was, at all. Yeah, yeah no, no, nothing was happening there. And you know, you obviously don't need the defensive right back against Huddersfield, whereas you know it worked out obviously very well against City. So, and the performance was diabolical from the team of Liverpool against Huddersfield, although the back four was pretty capable. So, I'm just not sure. Again, they have so many games, and you know, he's really very conscious that. Towards the very tail end of last season, when they got into the business end of the Champions League, that they were leggy as a team, and you know he's not pressing as much in general. They're not scoring as much. He's he's talks about kind of taking it easier and consolidating on their one nils or two nils when they're up and not going for four and five. You know, so all of these things just lead me to believe that he, in addition to just the quality of options he has, that. You know, he can really pick out like a couple weeks where he wants to give someone a rest and not skip a beat, you know. So I just don't know what, what he's doing. So for those reasons, I would feel like either you're going to hold Trent for maybe two more and see if that he comes back in and you, and you have a better bench option or you just go for VVD or, or Rabo. Really. Or Allison Al- also. I mean, that's obviously more complicated because that would have to be a double change or something, but. Allison even cheaper than VVD. Like in a vacuum, you would always pick Allison there. I think. Yeah, I, I mean that's another thing. I, I have Allison. I've had him since game week one. So I mean, this is I've had I've had two Liverpool defenders since game week one. It's similar to last season when I had three Chelsea defenders, and I ended up getting maybe one and a half of them over the course of two months because I had like Christensen and Moses yeah, yeah. who would get subbed at fifty seven and shit. But the idea behind having two Liverpool defenders is, you know, that's just categorically. Smart and good. They haven't conceded at home since February. They've only let up three goals all season. It's absurd. So having two shares is great. I mean, it's just a really good spine of your team. You know, you're you're assuring yourself that you're getting probably about a four and change average, four point X per per game point. 
yeah, it's, return it's from those high. defenders, which is which is really you know it's just fantastic. So having two shares seems very good, and you know if you don't have Allison, it, it definitely should be Robbo and Van Dyke. I mean they're expensive, but you know Van Dyke at five nine I like a lot. I I, I think that that's a really good pick. I, I am weighing up doing that switch, but I'm not. I'm just not sure yet. It's Monday. I definitely want to see the Champions League uh, team shoot. That's yeah, kind of I mean, there's about. just there's nothing not to like. I mean, we 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 backed it all preseason, just the high floor of points. And if someone went into the season with just two city defenders and two Liverpool defenders, and then filled out the rest of the team, like they're flying. There's a million clean sheets there and a million points to just build your team around. Yeah, but the, this is also the main thing that we we're seeing. If unless if you had. Laporte and Mendy, who then got injured, or Walker, who's also missed a couple games, like and then Ederson. But then you, you know, you need Allison. Then maybe you have to go Rabo or yeah. Van Dyke. You know, it, it's difficult to find those two players who play every game. It's it's just been, yeah. you know, he's been playing Stones and Company and shit. So you know, City's got their own issues of who's really nailed and playing every week versus you know, we have Van Dyke, Rabo, Allison, but they're expensive. So yeah, but yes, I mean, I take your point. Those two teams have the two best defenses by a very large distance. So. Yeah. yeah. What I are think, you thinking of doing with Trent? Are you still you need the week to unfold, or are you? Yeah, I need a little here? bit more time, but I'm also considering wild carding. I mean, mm-hmm. and it, obviously on wild card, I'd be nowhere near getting Trent. So no, right. That's kind of where I'm at. I mean, okay. I think by the end of this pod, or maybe by tomorrow, I probably will be on wild card. I think I just have. Okay. I'm too many transfer transfers away from. Getting the guys that I feel like my team really needs and fixing the problems that my team already has. So mm-hmm. that sounds like a wild card to me. Okay, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, uh, let's just transition straight to City. I'm, I know we, I'm sorry to everyone, we talk about Liverpool and City every pod, but they're the two best teams in the league, so whatever. Um, Scott Van Gordon on Facebook is it time to drop Aguero and spread the money around to a few value replacements and John McMahon, 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 yeah, McMahon on Facebook. De Bruyne is my big question: two DB or not two DB? Thanks for all your advice on podcasts. Having my best season so far. I think I'm second in your league. Cheers, cheers, John. Good job by you. Um, yeah, so Kuhn is a, a big thing. Yeah. So I mean, my take with Kuhn is he returns every every game. And he plays 60, 65 minutes every game. I'm, I'm no longer considering a captaincy option until I see him play a couple 90 minutes, period. I don't care who they're playing. Um, it's a big deal when you miss a third of every game. It's just like, you, you know it is. It's the tired legs that you get to run at at the end of the games. You know, if there's a penalty at the end of the games, when, you know, often they are when the, the defenders are tired, not on the pitch to take it. And, you know, you lack explosivity because you're only on the fucking pitch for two thirds of the game. So I mean, they so, scored two after he came off. Is just case yeah, in point so, right there. So that that's number one. He's he's not a captaincy option to me anymore. So that already dents spending eleven million on the player because you know we have Mo who's in a in a good run of fixtures doesn't get bonus points. That's a different story. But you know at least you have that backup. But and then Hazard definitely is going to be in your thinking for captaincy moving forward. So that's not enough of a death knell to remove him. My main issue is that there's just not really a lack of other options. And, you know, you could double switch and put the money into a premium midfielder, but I just am not sure that that's going to get you really ahead because he is still returning every game. So it's not as though he's playing 60 minutes or whatever and he's got a string of blanks. He has 10 returns in nine game weeks. So I think if you're on wild card, it's a much bigger question because 
you'd have someone like Raz, who even though maybe he won't play every game like Kuhn is, you know, he plays 90 when he plays, and when he doesn't, you get your sub off, for the most part. So and, that's and play, a closer, and playing 90 is like he could triple return every game. Exactly. He has more explosive capabilities because he's on the pitch for a full fucking game. So if you're on wildcard, I think it's a very more serious question, and I would have no problem with not having Kuhn on wildcard. But if you have him in your team right now, I just cannot imagine that that's really the most impactful way to use your transfer. So that's kind of where, my, where I'm at there. What are, you, what are you feeling? It certainly feels very bad. I mean, that said, I've, what, three out of the last four game weeks? Maybe two out of the last four game weeks? He easily could have had a hat trick in the just 60 to 65 minutes that he played, which, you know, I mean, you're still, I agree with you. I don't think he should be captained because of how Pep is treating him. But at the same time, like, he is still explosive, even though it just hasn't shown up in the points yet, which is crazy. That's just how good he is and how good City are. But speaking as someone who might be wildcarding, I probably would not have Kuhn. Um, I'd rather, if, if I'm going to spend 11 and not captain a player, I think I would rather go like double midfield on what is by far the best attack in the league and just try and get as many shares as possible from that and, you know, an 11 million player who plays 60 minutes is is not getting a lot of shares. <laughs> it's not completing what I want, you know? It's fair. It's fair. I have a weird hot take with City, though. I mean, just, just by, like, I guess it's only a hot take because I haven't heard it anywhere else and, and whatever, but I, I think they're actually, like, underrated, which is weird because they broke the points record and won the league by by a billion last season and were obviously the best team. And underrated for like FPL assets or underrated no, narrative? What do you mean? Honestly, both. I mean, like I think Pep's underrated. I think City's team last season's underrated, and then I think what they're doing now because we got used to it last season is still underrated. Like people still talk. And I'm I'm a Liverpool supporter, but people are still like, oh, this is a title race, like blah 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 blah, like. The things that City are doing, no one else is in the remote stratosphere of anything that they're doing. Like they, the level of mismatch between them and pretty much every other team in the league is unparalleled by anyone. You know, it's like it's like fucking PSG or something. Like they're doing that, but in the prem. And I think it's just people are thrown off because the the prem's not used to this, but. And like the the numbers are insane. Like they're favored by three goals against Burnley, and then they do them by four goals in XG, and they win five nil. Like they have ten more XG than Liverpool. They have thirty five more shots than Chelsea, who's in second place. Seventy more shots than Liverpool. Like Kuhn just they haven't they haven't had their best player all season. Yeah, and Kuhn he plays sixty minutes. He has four big chances in one game. Like their expected goals allowed against or whatever is four in through nine weeks. Like it's a ridiculous joke. Like I don't know. I just was thinking about it all day, and then, you know I listen to Liverpool pods and see people on Twitter like, oh, we're we're level at the top of the table. Like, well, I'm just like, bro. Like, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. City are good. We get it. City so are good. You... So I just want. I basically I'm saying I want. Whereas Liverpool, I feel comfortable with like Salah and two defenders. With City, I'm like, how can I get as many attacking points on the pitch as possible? Because they're just so. Ridiculous. I think the transition, which is something that I'm very, very surprised about in general, is nobody is talking about David Silva as an option. Everyone is like, Raz, very expensive. Kevin's back. 
and like that's it. Do you do you think that's short sighted, or do you think that they're like significant? Because David Silva is eight five, and his stats are fucked. And he finally got a couple assists to make up for like the twenty eight thousand chances he's created all season. <laughs> so many. But I mean, he's a five, and it, he's the kind of pick that you could probably hold for a reasonably long term. I I mean, we both have him, right? You still have him? Yeah, yeah. But. I'm just like a little concerned about how many starts he's going to get. And I am twitchy with him just because, you know, they, they have the midweek game. If he starts midweek, I would be, I mean, they have a bigger game against Spurs, but I mean, he's usually kind of bad and big against top four teams anyway, but I'm just like a little bit nervous about him playing every game. I don't know if that's just because every midfielder is subject to rotation besides Kevin, who, who knows? Maybe he will be this year now that he likes Bernardo more, but. Do you think that that needs to just be thrown out the window and he's great because he's the cheapest option? Or like, would, do you think Kevin's really should be like the reckoning and everyone should be making moves to get him in as city cup midfield guy? Or what do you think? I mean, I, I, the nailedness really is the, the end all be all, I think, with Kevin because like the, the stats are obviously amazing, incredible player, you know, probably best midfielder in the league, but. Without playing ninety every single week, he wouldn't have reached his value last season. Like that, Silva puts up like similar FPL underlying numbers and stuff like that. But the reliable the reliableness of Kev is what makes him so good in FPL. Why he's priced so much higher? But I totally agree with you. I mean, I I, I said this I think on our last pod or two pods ago or something. Like as long as Dilva's on the pitch. I completely expect him to like double return every game because he's so involved and so good. And it's really the exact same shit as last season where we both started with him game week one. No one had him. It took forever to people for people to even get on board with him. And he was just returning and he was so good. I am I am worried though. I take your point. Bernardo's been really good in in what was Dilva's role last year. So we'll have to see how much it's juggled. I agree. If he plays midweek, he usually doesn't start in the weekend. That's all very troublesome. But I guess while Kev is building fitness, I'm willing to risk it and stick by him for like, I don't know, at least like two or three more weeks to see what happens. Because every time he starts, like I just said, I legitimately consider him like a good chance to get a double return, which is like absurd. And he's 8-5. Yeah, I just keep having this internal conflict because you know, I, I'm really like last season end of pot, last year's last pot when we were talking about takeaways, like sticking Kevin in when he's fit and just not even thinking about that spot was one of the takeaways of our of what we you know yeah. of last season. So I mean, I have the money to do it. I could do it right now. It's free. I have two frees. I mean, I could do it for one and roll again. Like I mean, but at the same time, then I'm more rationally every time I look at. Silva's stats, and I just look at the shots, shot attempts, shots in the box, touches in the box, chances created. Like, why would I get rid of that player? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, so, in, in my wild card tinker, spoil alert, I had both because right. I think that's those are the two guys that I would target as like anytime these guys are on the pitch, I'm getting maximum shares of city attack, and that's what I want every week, no matter who they're playing. And yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with you. I think Kev is a good pick. I mean, we're, we still have, remains to be seen like how fit he is, how quickly he gets into shape and stuff like that. But if he starts starting every week and playing 90 every week, then yeah, I mean, Kev is the definition of like a long-term hold. But at the same time, 
you just made me think of it when you were talking about Liverpool and how Klopp wasn't isn't pressing as much and is kind of saving them a bit. I feel like Pep will have that in the back of his mind too because they ran away with the league. It was not competitive, and Kev was still playing 90 every single week, like 180 minutes a week when there were Champions League fixtures. And it's probably fair to say that they also kind of ran out of legs and they were they had a disappointing Champions League and that'll probably be Pep's main goal is to do the double. So I yeah, wouldn't be difference... that shocked if Bilva, Dilva, and Kev all kind of split minutes. Yeah, and, the, the difference know. is like with Liverpool, they're not, I mean, the midfield three aren't options for fantasy pers- for fantasy perspective oh, yeah, anyway. Yeah. And then, you know, Mo up, you know, he's a captaincy option. He's the one that starts one fit all the time, yeah. kind of like Kane for Spurs. But with City, it's like he's saving them by just flat out giving some players zero minutes every three or four games, but they're still scoring five. So it's like, you know, uh, if it's Sterling, Bilva, Sané, Mares, like Gundo, Kev, Dilv, like they're all going to be so good when they're playing. So that is like, I mean, the long of the short is maybe what we need to be really adjusting our thinking is we need to have better benches. Yeah. I mean, especially. I mean, especially now that it's group stage, and you know, teams have three games a week. We have an international break every three game weeks. I mean, we're seeing a lot again. We 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 hit on this a few weeks ago. I mean, I, I can't remember a season, a past season, when I've had so many players come off my bench just from unexpected zero minutes from you know first choice players who just get dropped and stuff. So. Maybe that's. I mean, yeah. Maybe, maybe we just the, need starters. We just need three starters on our bench, just like yeah. for fifteen million on our bench or some shit like that. Yeah, it's something like that. Ridiculous, but yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, like you compare, you know, starting like Shakiri, Lalana, and Sturridge to like cities. Backups, quote unquote, who are just it's like, like Sane, Mares. Yeah, it's like, like Dilva, Mares, Sane, and Jesus. It's like they're all like world class, fifty million players. Yeah, you know, it's like they're just gonna keep scoring five every game, no matter like who he plays. It's and they play the same way, also, which is so impressive. You know, no matter who plays, it's just yeah, yeah, it's yeah, wild. Yeah. They're fucking good. All right, okay. we've jerked them off for long yeah, enough, probably. Enough. Um, let's talk about Bournemouth. I mean, they were disgusting against Southampton and created nothing, and they were terrible. And Fraser didn't do anything, and blah 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 blah. And you kind of signaled the warning signs with their bad fixtures coming up. I mean, obviously, no one's getting rid before Fulham next week, but or this week. But did this tell you anything? You think about what you want to do with your Southampton assets as the fixtures get tougher, or are you not with there yet? Bournemouth. With the Bournemouth assets, yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to keep this little wee lad no neck fuck. I, I think this is going to be his. <laughs> this is going to be his farewell game. Um, I um, the forwards are a different story, perhaps, just because like you know, tip of the spear, they're they're on the counter, they're more you know can get that goal. But you know, King on pens, Wilson with the stats has still been good. He, they were bad this week, but I, I don't know. I, I'm Fraser. Fraser is. He's still cheap, but all of a sudden there are so many like six million like punty fucks that I like want. Like all like De La Fe is back. I'm like, oh hey, what's up, dude? Like all my old friends. Oh, yeah, so are- Dwayne on Slack said I have this he's following up on a different question, but he says maybe address if there's another valid option in the five five to six five midfield market because he's talking about exactly that with Fraser. So who are you looking at? Um I mean 
Pereira's also, he's 6'2", but I, Watford, I don't know. I'm interested. I feel like they're just good players, and they have pretty reasonable fixtures, kind of, for the near term. Um, I Sherl has been fucking amazing. Um, he's definitely, he's in my thoughts. I was fucking around with bringing him in last week instead of rolling and putting him in for billing, but I didn't do that anyway. Um, like I mentioned, I really like Jerry D. Um, I mean, Lamella's maybe a little too punty, but he's only 6'4". He's doing stuff. Fucking Snodgrass, Antonio's maybe a little more expensive, but you know, West Ham's fixtures get really good. Snodgrass creates a yep. lot of chances. And we, we, got a, we got a question about Snoddy, yeah. Yeah, Snoddy. I mean, Josh Murphy's been really good. Maybe more of a bit fifth bench player than a starter every week, but you know, at four eight, that's really good value. I mentioned Kennedy earlier. Kennedy stats were ridiculous. I mean, Newcastle stats as a whole. I don't yeah. know how the fuck Brighton kept Absolutely the clean sheet in that absurd. game. Yeah. Ridiculous amount of stats. But Kennedy's in my thoughts. Like, I mean, there's a lot of guys. Even I, like Sess, he finally starts up top and he scores. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are a lot of options, a lot of fun guys. So a lot of soups to be doled out. Yeah, I just the more I look at the fixtures for Bournemouth over the next like month or two, I mean, what's the expectation? Like they're going to win at some of these games, they're going to score three goals and stuff like that. I don't think so. I don't think yeah, they're I mean, good Rick, enough. Ricky Chubb said on Slack, he said Bournemouth assets in their last six games, they've scored four goals twice. Scored one goal in the other four games combined with Man U, Arsenal, City, and Liverpool in their next seven. You can't buy you can't buy them even before Fulham matchup, right? But is it hold or sell for the upcoming? Yeah. No, no, no. You you have to have your head checked if you're buying Bournemouth players right now. That's yeah, yeah, I no can't way, even. No way, I don't no have time for that. But it's not only even those fixtures. Like then they play after Liverpool. This is December eighth on game week. What is this game week sixteen? After they have United, Arsenal, City. I mean, at Newcastle is a fucking awful fixture for attack. Then they have at Wolves, which is an awful attacking fixture. Then after they play Brighton, which is nice, they have Spurs and United again away away. I mean, we're looking until January. Their fixtures are very bad. So I don't. I just don't think there's that much upside with holding these players when you have guys like you know Arnie as a, as an alternate option for King and and Wilson. If you have them, like you cannot sell me the story that King or Wilson are going to outscore Arnie over the next two months if they're all fit. Like, I just don't think that makes any logical sense whatsoever. So I think it's probably time to ship. I, I, I mean, no-no against Southampton, the way they looked was, it was a darb, and it's, you know, I guess it's a little bit of a tight one, but, I mean, Southampton, what the fuck? Like, you know, I don't know. What do you yeah, think? The, you, only thing with, the only thing with the forwards, I mean, I mostly agree with you. The only thing with the forwards is, like, other than Arnie, there's a lot. There's like a problems with each of the guys. Even Mitro, who I love, it's like Fulham are so bad. Like they are right on the precipice. They must be. I mean, I don't obviously know, but they must be on the precipice of just sacking their manager and changing everything. And it just that worries me a little bit. I mean, he's still returned this week because he's Mitro, but still. And Glenner's hurt. Jimenez and Wolves, very underwhelming attack. I, I'm not too interested. Wilf and Palace look terrible yeah. right now. It, and, you know, like all the guys from like three ish weeks ago who are all like, these are all options. Like, other than Arnie, not sure how many of them are options, to be honest. That's fair. I mean, you know, I still have Locke up there in the pre- more premium bracket, who's an option, but you know, Glenner, Glenner, Reparino, rest in peace, Glenn, Glenn Murray. There's, you're right. There's not a lot of forward options. So, Tough, tough day in the office to be shopping in that bracket, but you know that's why you, you probably only need one. I, I mean, I don't see that many teams with multiple seven million forwards, so 
You yeah. stick Arnie in. You stick Arnie in there. You're good to go, baby. Four five one with Arnie. Let's go. Oh hey, hi Arnold. Bournemouth. Hey, hey Arnold. I should say rather hi, not hi Arnold. Um, we got a couple questions about structure that I liked. Let me read them both. Sabra on Slack. He left the channel, but hopefully he returns to the channel. He said, with the general opinion of the great unwashed, that heavy defense was nice, but the shift is starting to happen. Given the last four, given the last four, and this is not English, given the last four and five of the last six game weeks, highest scorers were defensive players. Is that a sign of playing with four or five at the back and focusing the most funds on that area? And then Eggy Brad on Slack said, Mid-price mids feeling a bit meh. Is it time to switch it up? Go premium midfield, cheaper defense and forward line. Feels like Robbo and Mendy are the only worthy premium defenders now, and even then there are cheaper alternatives. Basically, King Kev is back to fuck with our team balances. Um, What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, again, like spoiler alert, my first tinker on wildcard was four premium midfield assets. It was Salah... Hazard, Kev, and Dilva. I mean, Dilva, arguably premium, but you know what I mean. And it felt really good. Like, I feel like those guys are going to pretty much outscore all of the forwards at this point with Kuhn playing 60 and Alba not a starter or not first choice possibly. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. I mean, I, I am very interested in the the cheaper alternatives like Laporte and Gomez. I, I think those are savvy picks and... Getting the clean sheet points are usually more important, more important than spending extra and getting a few attacking returns. And if it lets you have that midfield, I think, yeah, I think it probably is worthy. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're wildcarding, restructuring, you definitely want to try and jam three or four premium midfielders. They're priced expensively for a reason. I mean, four of the top five midfield total point scores are ten million plus, and there's a reason for that. Like they're the best players in the game, so. I, I don't agree that there aren't a lot of mid-price midfield, good mid-price midfield options. I think there are a, a fair, fairly significant amount. It's just a matter of picking the right one, which is always the difficulty and why it's kind of a lottery. So, as long as like you know, you see teams that have you know maybe like Richarlison and, and Maddo or something. You know, some weeks they'll be okay. So they're going to go on dry spells. You know, they're not like consistent performers as we know. You know, Kevin or, or Salah or Sterling to be. So you're going to have to take the the good with the bad, and, and we run into problems when we when we chop and change those spots too quickly. We we get two or three blanks when we remove the player. They're not going to blank for eight straight weeks. That's not that's not probable. Probable, um, you know. So those are the kind of things you have to keep in mind. You know how long you're holding the player and you know, how they're looking and things like this. But I think you know getting assets from City and Liverpool defense is important, and having premium midfield is good. But yeah, like you mentioned, I mean Kane's not an option. Obviously, he's horrible and. Lukaku's been pretty bad, so he's kind of an iffy option. So the premium strikers out, and like you mentioned, Ob like keeps coming off the bench. He's against an impact sub now. So other than Lacazette and Kuhn, they also both have some problems. I mean, Arsenal's fixtures also get tougher. It's it's midfield looks like the best place to invest right now for sure. I do yeah, also, and we always say this, but. Hazard, incredible on bonus, gets the point for clean sheets. And then especially with Liverpool and City players who keep a clean sheet seemingly every week, like that's a free point that they're just getting every week. It fucking adds up. Yeah, it does. It, it really does. I also, I'm, I don't know if we have questions about this, but what are, what are you thinking about uh, Tony M over there at United? Yeah, we do. of course we have a question about this. Come on. I mean, we had Ronan, Ronan on Twitter, Marshall worth a punt, blah, 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 blah. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm very interested. <laughs> like, I tweeted, I, I tweeted, I think, while the United game is going on, that, like, fuck, fuck me, I wish United sold him, because everyone other than, seemingly everyone other than Mourinho thinks he's incredible and should be getting regular minutes at top clubs, and Spurs tried to pry him, and I'm sure the PSG or other big clubs tried to pry him, too. He's so good, and if he keeps starting, which you... One has to assume he will. He started the last three, his three goals in the last three. Then he's a fucking very real option. Pretty much playing second forward out of position, 7.2 million midfielder. I think he, he could be very real. I agree. Um, it's, it is very punty, but you know, that's a kind of opportunity. Like if you're on wild card that I, I would definitely give him a long look because. That's the type of guy. I mean, he just rattled off two double digit hauls. Like, he's an explosive midfield differential that very, very few teams have in, in the, you know, in the top fucking 500k. I don't know. Or in the whole game anyway. Um, it's, it's pundy, but he's just, you know, you watch, you watch him and he's just like so good. He's, he's just so, so good. He's so clinical in the box. His finishing is ridiculous. It's just so good. And, you know, United are showing a little bit more signs. I, they, you know, the second half they're a little bit better against uh, against Chelsea, but the fixtures are a little bit mixed. But I think they're going to probably still score some goals. I mean, you got to also like the lineup that he threw out there against Chelsea. You know, I was expecting just like a fucking piece of shit bus team, but you know, he played Mata. You know, he, he yeah, a lot I mean, of he attackers. Play, he plays Mata like there. He's playing an attacking lineup. So the fact that he's not trying for for a one nil. Against Chelsea, it feels like he's not, you know, he's kind of doing some things about scoring some goals, which is nice. So I, I think, more, and, you know, Alexis looks like he's absolutely nowhere near the, the first choice 11. So I feel like it's a, it's a pretty shrewd time to invest. But if he's the kind of player that, you know, if he, if he starts for a couple more games and he scores a goal or two, then he's in a certain skyrocketing in price. Which yeah, is I also, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he went up this week. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if impatient people went like, Matter to Martial or Rich to Martial. Yeah, I, like that's, that that'd be yeah. very unsurprising. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, it's kind of like we kind of need another word other than punt in the same way that we needed more detailed words for nailed because we're sent, we're talking about guys like fucking like Snodgrass and Josh Murphy <laughs> as punts. Like they're like <laughs> they're fucking crazy punts who they. Kind of suck, but they might luckily get you some points, and they're cheap and whatever. Like Marshall's a punt purely because Mourinho fucking hates him, and he could get dropped at any point. But if he's starting regularly, he's not a punt. He's fucking world class. So it's a different type of punt where it's like you're just hoping he plays, and if he does, I you can like pretty confidently rely on like. Good amount of touches in the box, dribbles, shots, very threatening player. So, you know, it's a little more attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, 7 2, it's price is right. 7 2. Yeah. Price is very right. Okay. Um, yeah, let's rattle off some questions. Also, back to Aggie Bread. He said, following the fireside chat, do we put more emphasis on players underachieving a la Salah, Ings, Kane, and get ready to drop overachievers like Hazard, Mitchell, or Arnie? What's our trigger to jump on and off the under and overachievers? Um, Interesting I, question. I, yeah, no, it's a good question. It, it, it's just, you can't give a blanket statement. It's no, very case-by-case. There's, case. no, there's so no rule. That's, yeah, that's the main thing with it, but 
I mean, I think, yeah, the, the XG stats and the underlying, you know, the shot, shots in the box, shots on target, all that kind of stuff, chances created, big chance created, like, you know, XG, XA, whatever the fuck those things are. You know, you keep those in mind for sure when you're checking the stats, but you also got to watch the games. I mean, yeah, that's, you know, you, I mean, it's a, there's a reason we always bring up both the eye yeah. test and the stats. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, it's, I mean, it does, it does factor in a lot, I think, for both of us. Um, we just we just call it something else when we're casually talking about it. But like someone like Laka, who I'm very much considering dropping on my wild card, it's like he's been fantastic. Like the points are amazing, consistency has been amazing. I test, I mean, he should have scored today. Like I I take that as a positive, but he's also getting like one or two shots a game. Like I know that this is just not going to continue. No player scores every week if you take one or two shots a game. So. It definitely factors into my thinking a lot, and it's the reason we're both patient with someone like Salah. Um, right. But, yeah. Yep, that's a good question. Um, Frankenstein and Slack. I'm like 20 points from being top 10K. How do I not fuck my season up? Um, <laughs> You're asking the right guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, again, I mean, I think it's just the simple game strategy that we always talk about. I mean... Limit hits, use your transfers on impactful places, don't trade good option for good option, keep an eye on the medium term fixture run, like do a little planning ahead, be sensible with your captaincy, you know, those kinds of things. You know, if if you're really disciplined and, and you maintain that for thirty eight game weeks, you're gonna do fine. That's all I can really say about yeah, it. Yeah, especially if you're high ranked now, you're just it's not consolidating as it as much as it's just not taking risks. Yeah, like you know, I mean, but the, and then at the same time, you know, if you wanna, if you're knocking on top ten k and your goal is to finish like top one k, then you take risks. I yeah, mean, you're then not you're, gonna, you're looking at phrase at a Martial after next week, and you're yeah, just like, you're looking okay. at like rogue differential captains on some weeks and things like that. And if that's how you want to play it, knowing that you could drop to hundred k or you could rise to one k, you go ahead. But you know, if you want to just Steadily rise and you know more of a top ten k type of a finish, then you know you just you play smart. Yeah, play smart. Uh, Ricky Chubbs on Slack. This is in quotes. The sea of green, the sea of cheap green defense questions. Generally, West Ham or Newcastle defense or both slash none. And specific, specifically, Rice, Zabaleta, Lascelles, or Yedlin. Um, I think both are fine. I mean, the fixtures are just. Really good, and the price is right. Obviously, Lascelles is barring the goalkeepers. Obviously, Lascelles is the most safe and probably best option from Newcastle. I, I like Yedlin as the as the second option there, just because he's nailed over there when he's fit. A few a few shekels cheaper, um, and then with West Ham, you know, I, I don't trust Abelada at all as far as I could throw him. I mean, he's four three, which is nice, but I'd rather have the center back or Rice. I think Rice is the pick of the litter there. I mean, he's four four. I'm I'm not like saving point one to get in the oldest player in the league because Abelada fullback. I mean, I don't know. He's fucking old and bad and slow. I don't even know how he's getting points. But yeah, I, I have I have Balbuena very much in my like wild Balbuena. card thoughts. I, he's just yeah. He's he's same prices as Rice. He's only point one uh, more expensive than Diop, who's also totally fine option, but. Balbs is getting like a lot of shots in the box. Like he's he'll score 
a goal or two this season, no question. And with their good run, I'm just like, yeah, maybe I'll start him every week and he'll score his goal in my good run and I'll get a little bit lucky there. Yeah. But but yeah, I, I kind of trust West Ham. I mean, they... I haven't really looked at like advanced stats to back this up, but it seems like the early season where they were conceding a lot of goals and just clearly like the worst defense in the league before Fulham came around, it's just that's long gone now. Like they, yeah, they he seem, made the changes, they look great. Yeah, like and yeah. Pell has done a good job, so you know. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think West Ham is a good place to invest. They're just all fucking four under four or five. Yeah, They've all price like, dropped. They're all and the fixtures are great. And yeah, you know, the um it also depends, though, like your rotation or how often are you starting the player, you know. So you got to keep that in mind when you're looking at this kind of when you're shopping at this. Yeah, bracket, but like but. also someone with Patricio, like I think Fabianski is an incredible pick for the next oh, yeah, like definitely. twelve game weeks or something. You start him every week, should be. Yeah, points. and he's he's also proven to be pretty good on BAPS for them. I mean, he yeah. got Max Bonds when they played Chelsea. They had a clean sheet. I mean, he did make six saves, which is a lot. But I mean, thirty-four bonus points BPS in that game was very high. So he he'll probably keep get a couple bonus points. I mean, they yeah. don't they don't pass at the back or anything or have that pass completion percentage from the center back. Then the fullbacks are bad. So um, yeah, Fabianski looks like a great pick. Yeah. I, I would I would prefer him for 0.5 savings than Dubrovka yeah, for sure. Me too. Yeah. Um, Max on Slack with pretty much all the sub Aguero forwards blanking and looking shady. Is this just a blip or is it shifting sands? Who do we trust still? So yeah, other than Arnie, I don't know. Is there anyone you trust? No, um, I, I do like. I still like Ings. I, I, I mean, as whatever yeah. as Southampton are, I just he's under six million. I mean, the volume is out of control. Yeah, I, I just think he's going to tick along. I mean, you're going to be getting a sub six million return. I, I think he's just going to be fine. Um, I still like Mitrovic. I mean, he's six nine. Six nine. I trust him very much. I, until or unless Jukanovic gets sacked and they're attacking all out for ninety minutes every game. Um, he's always got the good stats underlying, and he's getting good supply. Um, I like Mitrovic a lot, but that's that's about it. With Bournemouth's fixtures turning, there's, I think it is a very shifting Sands moment. I, I think that the yeah. forward options did really dry up really quickly. Yeah, I'm scrolling through right now. It's fucking brutal. I mean, honestly, after Arnie and Mitro, my next, or maybe I, I think I agree with you on Ings too. The punty guy that I think might actually end up being best on this good run is Iozzi Perez. Yeah, I was looking at him, or maybe even Muto, but he'll probably drop out for Ronda yeah. when he comes back. Yeah, Iozzi's, I mean, 6 1 and. He, we know what he can do. Like, yeah, we know what he can do. He he gets assists and he's clinical. He's, he he's had, a good player. He had fucking eight goals, six assists last season, 124 yeah, good, points. Yeah, he's a good player. Richie's also a little interesting. He might be on pens for them, I think, after Kennedy missed that last one. Yeah, that seems Newcastle. logical. I don't know. I mean, that, that that could have been just a blip on the radar, that Newcastle performance, but that was like a different fucking team this no, week. No, it's because John Joe did. It's because of John Joe, dude. The Voldy Ledge is back. Yeah, when he's in there, when Voldemort's in there, they they can actually pass, and he just makes all the passes. He's great. Yeah, he's Uh, so good. He's so good. Um, Two Arsenal questions here. Lee on Slack. Okay, serious question, Alana Walsh. Would you avoid bringing in Arsenal assets because of their fixtures, or is this a case of form over fixtures? They look like they can beat anyone right now. And then Mitch with the follow-up on Slack. What to do with OBS? Obviously the points are great, but the lack of starts is concerning for a 10-plus million player. 11-plus even, right? Is he scoring off, the, is scoring off the bench unsustainable? Is the risk-slash-reward worthwhile, or is the money better spent elsewhere? I mean, OBS is an awful pick. Terrible pick. It's, just a, it's, it's a terrible pick. Far from sustainable. <laughs> 
It's, uh, I mean, it's like kind of the same thing as Trent, except you're spending 11 instead of 5 million on the player. It's like that's two players instead of one, kind of. Right. And it's everything um, we just said about Kuhn, except cut the minutes again in half. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's a horrible pick. But, I mean, we had McTarion come back in today, but I mean, Ozil's 8 3, which is still like kind of expensive, especially when you look at a player like Dilv, and especially when you consider that Ozil has illness or a lower back or mystery phantom things every <laughs> every two or three weeks that he's yeah. going to miss the game. So, I think it's a combination of like the price is a little bit awkward. And like Laka, like you mentioned, like, he's like, he's still fine, but he's also, you know, 9 7 is not cheap. That's very expensive. So, I think the price is a little bit mitigating. Obviously, the defense is ridiculously bad, so we don't have to talk about that. So that's really the main thing to me is the price. I, like, Mctarian would be good if he was playing every week, which he's not. Like, Ramsey would be good if he played every week, which he is not. So yeah, and even Ozil, you can even continue that with Ozil. I mean, not obviously misses games, but more the positioning because what we saw today in the second half is something we haven't seen from Ozil in like a year, maybe more. Like he. Played number ten, dropped in midfield, was part of all everything, all the buildups, all the counters, everything. Maybe yeah. from now on he'll play that role, but we all we've seen from memory is something different every week. So I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Arsenal flying they're good. Right now. I mean, they're fucking flying, but for FPL, yeah, it's a bit of a minefield. They've won a million games in a row. Jesus. Yeah, they're good. Good job, they're fucking good. Yeah. It's Brian Kerwan on Slack. If you could have one mad scientist, fun, punty player for the next four to six weeks, who would it be? A non-sensible, non-template guy? I think Martial for me, yeah. I, I, he's, he's the explosive one. I mean, he's got hat-trick potential from a midfielder, which, you know, small handful of players you could say that about. Um, he'd, he'd be my pick. Yeah, out of position, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I was going to go like beyond and go more punty than that, I mean, you all know my feelings towards Philippe Anderson and West Ham's fixture run. He just doesn't shoot. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not getting him. (laughs) That's why, that's why he's my answer to this question and not someone I'm transferring in. But it'd be fun to own him because I love watching him and I love him. Yeah, he was so bad this weekend. Holy, so bad. bad. Yeah. Oh my God! Shocker. That game made me want to rip my eyeballs out. Yeah, that game was just total garbage on both sides. Um, Ray on Slack. Great guy, Ray. On wildcard, which three city assets do you get? Top of my head, Um, I'm I'm Kev, Dova, Laporte. Yeah, I would probably... I mean, I don't know the the difference in price and stuff, whatever, but I mean, Mendy, Kevin, Coons. I mean, Mendy, Kevin, and Raz seem like... What I would want, but that's so much money. So I don't know if that's worth crazy amount of money. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, I'm answering the question. Those are the three I want. Yeah, I I mean, I I guess Mendy, I would probably, yeah, definitely put ahead of Laporte, but Laporte's just so safe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mendy, we we still don't really know, and you know, he didn't get forward as much with Sonny and the team again. Like we'll have to see how that how that shakes out, but. Yeah, Laporte's a good pick, but I I mean Mendy's just it's stupid at this point. I mean he's fucking scores ridiculous amount of points every week. I mean point five is a significant difference in price. So I think that's one where it really depends if you can afford to to get Mendy in instead of Laporte. But yeah, six assists and six starts for Mendy. Yeah. I all I mean I also you know, you can also easily make an argument for just going with Ederson and a defender or two defenders and you know and Kev or, or Raz if you if you can't afford all that money on the premium attack for the third player. But but I, but I would go for it. That's what I was saying earlier with yeah. them versus Liverpool. I would go yeah. for double attack. That's fair. 
Do you think there's a shout for, I mean, maybe not right now with Cardiff, but do you think there's a shout for going with a triple Liverpool D and getting rid of Salah? I think so, but at the same time, the Kuhn lack of minutes, I think, makes Salah more important because we're running a little bit out of captaincy options. Well, you have Hazard. Yeah, but I don't want to captain him every week. Okay. I don't think right. he's he, I don't think he's on that level. Um, yeah. I feel I just feel like you could figure out a rotation, like if you have Sterling, you know. Yeah, maybe Sterling, yeah. who could get dropped any week. But that's the thing, like, right? You have your vice on fucking whoever the fuck, and it doesn't matter. You have you have your bench, and you know it does. It just doesn't really matter. Yeah, I just look at I just look at Liverpool home, Cardiff at Arsenal home, Fulham. Even yeah. at Watford, home Everton, like yeah, yeah, yeah. he's probably going to end up being captain in all of those. <laughs> like yeah, maybe Hazard has yeah. one home banker and that you cap him over, but you know, yeah, just, that's the just chat. I'm just chatting, bro. No, definitely. I mean, it's worth looking at. I mean, we should check out the schedule and see, like, pick out captains and for the next five weeks and see what we come up with. But that's that's my gut reaction. Okay. Um, Alistair Knox on Facebook. Do you have any suggested like for like replacements for Juan Bissaka other than Wolves? Is West Ham defense worth a shot with the run of fixtures? Hell yeah. yeah we, hit, we, hit, we hit that already. We That's hit that. One. Dude, um, Juan, is, Juan is so good. Who? Juan? He's so good. He's so good. He's so I, fucking like rapid. Yeah, no, he's incredibly quick. He's incredibly long limbed. <laughs> like he just. Every every time he stretches for a tackle, he gets it. Um, he's, he's just a fucking player. He's yeah. So he's good. gonna be on a top. We don't. De- yeah, we don't deserve soon. him at all. We do not deserve him. Yeah. Eventually, the dark the dark ages are coming for Palace when Wilf and like Juan and whoever go and they get replaced with like Josh Murphy and. <laughs> Yeah, some fuck. Right. What's the next question? I don't want to think about that. Stefan on Twitter. I'm not that familiar with the Hammer Squad, and but in Yarmolenko's absence, is Snodgrass coming on? If so, he could be a huge differential with lucrative fixtures close to a minimal price tag. Thoughts? Yeah, this was the I, I mean, aforementioned he, Snotty question I said. Yeah, that, that's a good job. I mean, he played on the left. It's it's going to probably be Antonio in that spot. He subbed on for him. So Snodgrass. Yeah, Snodgrass is good. Five three is cheap as fuck, and it looks like he's back in there. And we know we know what Snodgrass has done. He's a known commodity. You know, he he'll take those shots from outside the box and score once in every handful of games. But he's going to put in crosses and you know get get a couple of assists. So he if he's playing ninety minutes every week, he will a thousand percent return at the five point three price bracket that you would yeah, want him to return. Exactly. We Antonio, just don't know about the ninety minutes with Chicharito and Antonio lurking. Yeah, Antonio is a little bit interesting to me just because he has he's also like an explosive kind of player when he's on form and you know he's he's also just very fucking fast and they're playing a bunch of shitty ass teams and you know yeah. he could he could get in there with some with some goals and some some double return games. Yeah, perhaps. I mean I feel but, like they they need goals more than they need an additional like passer crosser. and yeah. crosser, you know, because they have Felipe yeah. in there. So Yeah. Yeah, Antonio could be real. He's yeah, he's, six, six, he's eight, flown just, before. Yeah, but six six eight's a tough spot because I mean I'd want him closer to six, you know, for someone like that. It's a little frustrating that he's priced that high. Just when you're looking at the players in and around that bracket, like you know, Richarlison, Madison, etc. It's it's a tough one to go. It's there just his Antonio. track record. I mean, sixteen, yeah. seventeen, nine goals, eight assists, 
15, yeah. 16, 8 goals, 7 assists. Like that's yeah, but fucking he was real. playing fucking out of position striker for a lot of time, yeah, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. All right. But that's yeah. a good job by West Ham, I think. No, definitely, they're gonna definitely. they're gonna they're gonna start steadily ticking up, up in the table for sure. Yeah. a few more questions. Mike D Pietro on Twitter with Mendy back and firing, fixtures, price, and form all in mind. Who are the top three defenders to own? Um, I mean, Rabo and Mendy are definitely one A and one B, and then next would I guess be Van Dyke or Laporte. Yeah, I think it's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah, I, I think it's. I guess we could spend a second on Alonso since he's still in a lot of teams. I think it's just he was. This was the first game since maybe like game week three or four. The last time he had that return, a return that he was really a presence in the. Yeah, he was in box. the box and stuff. Yeah, but. Chelsea's defense is just not as good as the other two teams. Period. Yeah, it's and not. It's not. It's just not. It's worth not close. It. It's not even fucking close. It's, they're not in the same category whatsoever. And he's more expensive than them by a lot. I mean, he's like a million more. So it's dumb to have him. I think. So, yeah, I, I'm. I'm with you there. I wasn't yeah, there last spot, and I'm with you there. Yeah, it's, it's just, just like he's he, just not he as good has as these other picks. High potential, but at this point, like when when we all brought him in early doors. I would rather have him than every other midfielder at his price or lower, and that's just not the case anymore. Right, and for that reason, I'm out. As, as they would say, Antarctic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. I just there's yeah. not enough that can be said about releasing a million. You know, it's just that's a lot of money, and you're get you're upgrading the defense that you're buying into. And we always say on the pod, we've said since the first pod, fucking four years ago. You pay for the clean sheet, not for the attacking returns. The attacking yep. returns are not as sustainable as the clean sheet. So Chelsea's defense is, you know, in the in the top six, but Liverpool and I mean, they Liverpool let up several big chances per game. Chelsea, oh, yeah. even oh, when yeah. they completely dominate, there's a huge oh, yeah. chance at some point. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're just different categories. So there you uh, go. Colin Fallon on Twitter: Which premiums are you backing to justify their price in the second quarter of the season? There seem to be question marks over many of the top price mids and forwards. For example. Aguero subbing, Liverpool one nil merchants, but you got to spend the cash somewhere, right? Yeah, I, I again, I think we touched on the the heavy price midfield assets yeah. is is where yeah. it seems like is a good place to go since yeah. outside of and I mean Kuhn is divisive. You you can have a different you can talk to a few people and have a few different opinions, and none of them I would really vehemently argue against. So, you know, there's a there's a wide range of interpretation of what you think he's going to be doing for if he's worth the eleven million, but there just aren't that many premium assets in at striker that you want, so you got to go into the midfield. And there's there, you know, there's more than a few options. I mean, Mane also he's he's shout worthy. Yeah, he should be back soon. Yeah, he should be back. Yeah, midfielders are good. Yeah, midfielders are great. They're so fun. And they yeah. have clean sheet points. Love, love a cheeky clean sheet point. Love a clean sheet point. Um, last question. Halfy on Slack. Say you're a gypsy traveling down the road and run into a pack of Premier League players selling. And I have to, I have to stop you here. They, they are the Roma. I don't. This we are not an anti-Roma pod here on this on this FMLFPL establishment. What the Roma? What? Yeah, they don't. They're no gypsies. Is a very uh, offensive term these days. We don't. We don't take to offensive terms on FMLFPL. Oh, I didn't know that. It's my yeah, bad. They're the, they're the, it's not your bad. It's Halfie's bad. So you lesson. <laughs> <laughs> lesson learned, but now you're also it's just a communal lesson learned. They're the Roma. Thank you very much. Right. So we're traveling down the road. We run into a pack of Premier League players selling various trinkets and snake oils. Which player are you more likely to trade with? Shakiri, Troy Dini, or Conte? 
Kante. Why is Kante even in the guy wouldn't even want to like have a coffee with Kante. It's probably the most boring thing ever. He wears a fucking helmet when he bikes. Who does that? Um, I would definitely go with Shaq because he's clearly the man. And Dini, I would just be terrified of. Yeah, the thing with Dini, when I think of Dini, is like, I'd be talking to him and shit, and then he would smile, and I would run for the hills because his <laughs> teeth would are smile so fucked he up. Would just, you would smile back, and he would just stab you in the fucking stomach. <laughs> like he didn't like the he didn't like the way you curled your lip and that smile in that moment. He just kills you. Yeah, Shaq so, would just want to do drugs and hang out because he's fucking wee little block. Yeah, man, his so oils do a lot more than Conte's oils. Oh yeah, yeah. But Conte's a nice guy if you need like a strawberry or something. Very good, safe. Uh, I mean, yeah, if I it's wanted, a safe, good yeah, like yeah. fruit merchant. That if you need yeah. that, you yeah, need yeah, yeah. you need clean water. Conte every time. Yeah, I like that one. That's a good job by you. Yeah. All right. Yeah, some good questions there. Let's go to uh, anything else you want to talk about, or go to captains and our teams. Um. There's so much. It feels yeah, we haven't I mean, potted the, in years. Yeah, I mean the the wolves overreaction was a little bit much. We need to give them a little more time. Um, I think no, I think we we had any Palliser so bad. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean there's a, there's I mean, obviously more to talk about, but we gotta like at yeah, some point to, move on. We have to cut some stuff. The the one thing. What was your take on uh, Rich? Because he's very highly owned. I thought he was really bad. Yeah, um, was I I only watched the second half of the game live, and then I watched highlights. But I thought he was just really bad. Felt very uncomfortable in his new role, um, and I think he should play wide because he's just been consistently very good there. Uh, even though it means like probably dropping Bernard out of the squad, who was okay. I just think he was bad. He was not okay. I thought he was okay, but no, 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 he was bad. The most important thing for that team to be good is Rich being their top goal scorer because we know. Tosin's not going to do it, and we know fucking Feo, Siggy, Bernard aren't going to do it. So they really need they need to do anything in their power to get the best out of Rich. And to me, that's playing him off the left with probably a holdup merchant on the middle, whether it's like fucking Tosin or someone false nine or Nias or some shit. But yeah. that's that's my take on it. I agree, but I also do not panic with Richarlson. You got you have him. Oh, you hold, you hold him, him no you question. Hold, hold the fuck out of him. You need to see a lot more than just one horrific game to consider dropping yeah. him. He's, I mean, Everton are pretty good. Like they're they'll be fine, and he and yeah, he's good. Cool. I mean, it was a really bad performance by the team, but I mean that was yeah. part of it because we played fucking eight defenders. Our lineup was ridiculously fucking joke. So yeah, that was one one reason for it. But you know. I'm seeing people panicking though. With Rich, like, oh look, I could do this with Rich, blah blah blah. It's like, don't come on. He's fine. All right, He's fine. Let's go. He's fine. He's good. Do you want to go to caps? Yeah, let's go to caps. So I'm on Mo. Yeah, it's it's kind of silly to talk about it, I guess. But I guess for we'll people see. who don't have Mo, what are you looking? What are you even looking at? That's tough. Probably has. It has. I mean, Burnley are fucking bad. At Burnley is, is not fruitful. I don't have great memories of capping a player at Burnley, though. I have to no, say, I, I he's agree, also he's also kind of hurt. That's bullshit. He's just doesn't want to play in fucking Krasnodar wherever they're playing. I don't know. Like, let's be honest here. He's yeah. never playing a Europa League game unless they're in like the semis. It doesn't matter what the fuck. It's yeah. like a little back. Already played ninety minutes. Like the fuck out of here. It's so yeah. stupid. Um. It, no, I, I we've have had bad at turf more captaincy experiences, but they're so bad this year. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, Chelsea create a lot. I, I think I think that's a pretty safe captaincy shout. Would you ever captain like Callum? No. Like our Fulham, they're not like they might be that bad. They're that bad, but I just don't have as enough faith in in the individual player. Like I'm not going to captain someone with like thirty percent of the skills of someone else just because the fixture is better. Yeah, but I, I, mean, I might, can that see might be it. stupid. I mean, that might be dumb and like price biased or yeah, whatever. Cause, just because Callum, like, there's a real chance that his stats by the end of the weekend, I don't know goals or assists, but his underlying stats might be like eight shots in the box and four chances created in the box or something like that. You know, it's yeah. like that's very realistic numbers for him this week. That's fair. Or Bournemouth decide to be bad Bournemouth and yes. score zero goals because they're a fucking schizophrenic team with an autistic manager. <laughs> yeah, that's super possible. So that's also bad. I mean, I think also capping a City player is never, never really that wrong. Like Spurs' defense is not good. Raz will probably get 90. I expect I, him to return. Yeah, I mean the the midweek lineup will be important to see who plays yes. there, but I I don't mind Raz as a cap either at all. Yeah, I really I, don't. I really he'll, don't. I he'll mean, probably double return. Yeah, I mean Spurs are horrible. They're going to probably destroy them on Monday night under the lights. Monday night. Um. All right. So let's start with your team. What are you looking at? Um, so yeah, I mean a few different things. I'm still not that sure. I have two frees and I have 1.3 in the bank. I mean I have Trent's an issue. Um, Fraser, I'm gonna definitely need to move next week, so I have to make sure I have a an contingency plan for him. Um, I mean I was thinking about Dilv to Kev, but I'm I'm feeling like that's just spinning my wheels. It's kind of like it's like a good option for a good option. It doesn't really make that much sense. I don't think that the you know extra one point two is he's worth it right now when they're both fit. What if Dilva plays ninety in Champs League and Kev just subs on? Yeah, I, the main thing is I mean they're playing Spurs, so I don't think he would rest someone as important as Still, I would hope that he would sit him in the. I mean they're playing a fucking trash bag team. I think in Champions League, so I would hope that he would rest. Still, the following midweek game, and then maybe he would play against Southampton in the league. I don't, I don't know. That would give me a little bit more pause for concern. But the yeah. same thing is like maybe Kev plays thirty, and then maybe he plays thirty again on the weekend. Like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, it's, you know, so that that's a thing. That's something I'm definitely going to think about. But outside of that, like I definitely am getting very fucking pissed off at Billing that I still have him. So I am definitely thinking about doing Billing to to Kennedy. Um, I mean, it's only like point four, and it's it's just gonna. I mean, my bench is horrendous. I have Kamara who never even fucking subs on. Yeah, so Bissaka. wouldn't you deal with that first? I mean, at least Billing gets two points a week. No, because like, what do I get? Fucking success in, and then he's dropped immediately for Dini. Like, I'm not going to spend. One, I'm not yeah. going to spend all of my bank load to get Ings. Right, I'm right, not going right, to want right. to start. You know, so that's the main problem there. Right, so like, yeah, the forward. That's, that's still the same forward issue that yeah, we talked about. Yeah, like that's the spot I need to hide. But like between Juan Bissaka and Billing, I mean, I'm getting fucking one point off my bench every week for the next month at least. So I, that's like big problem to me. So. I'm looking at doing maybe billing to to some or Josh Murphy or Kennedy or something, but and then I'm also considering doing Trent to to Van Dyke just to fix that spot. So 
There's a lot of issues right now. And I don't know if I'm going to spend two or if I'm going to just do one and float again. I, I just, I'm not, I'm all Everyone's kind of freaking after this game week. And with Champions League midweek, it's kind of a fucking crazy ass week. Yeah, I just like, I'm really not freaking out because I have these little stupid niggly problems like my 11th man or whatever. And I have two frees and all this money yeah. in the bank. So, I mean, my freaking out is like, should I use one or two of my free trades? Like, yeah, that's no, how, like, you're, you're people are like, that. should I minus eight to get that? Like, people still don't have Salah or something. And they yeah, have like yeah. Kane or something. I'm like, that's Kane. great. Like, yeah. I wish everyone had that team. But, um, but so I basically just need to narrow down my focus and figure out like how, what's going to be most optimal. So that's not a big deal. What do you think? Do you, what about those issues? Cause I could also just do like one to fucking like, the West Ham defender or something, or like Yedlin. Well, right, and that's what like J Flow. I think it was J Flow say was saying his question, and I think that's pretty reasonable way to go about it because, I mean, ideally, Juan never sees the the pitch for you, right, for the next four game weeks when he's home Arsenal at Chelsea, home Spurs at United. Yeah, and if you had someone good in there, you could still just start Trent every week, and then when Trent plays zero minutes, a West Ham defender subs in. It, it does make logical sense, but. I don't know. Juan is still just such good value. That's the thing. It's like if, it's like if I'm going to spend the same amount to upgrade Juan to like a four or five guy, or upgrade Billing to like a Kennedy or a Murphy, it feels better to get the attack or, or upgrade Trent to VVD. That's like right. all. That's like all the same well, price so difference the, almost. Yeah. So the other thing in the back of my mind is that I st- I have two fucking Wolves defenders, and like they have Spurs and Arsenal coming up, and they have Chelsea. Like I kind of want to be able to hide one of them in the bad fixture, so it's also making me want to do something with billing. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm leaning leaning towards dealing with billing and getting someone who I at least has a chance to get me points off the bench. Which, and then, but you wouldn't you still wouldn't be able to hide them though, right? No, well I, I would be able to hide them and they would be my eleventh person, but then I could maybe like bench Johnny and start Kennedy that week or something like that. You know I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. At least it's just, just start a little one more of them. Yeah, I mean, if I brought Kennedy and I wouldn't start him this week because everyone I have is fucking amazing fixtures. But I mean, the chances no, know, that I maybe, yeah. yeah, like maybe Dilva doesn't play, maybe fucking Mendy doesn't play, maybe Trent doesn't play again. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I, all I, these think, guys. I think that's good. I think your yeah. gut is good. I think yeah, strong probably. benches, like we said earlier, and if I wildcard, that'll be something I really have to dig into. But I think this is the season of strong benches and saving, yeah. saving money where you can. In order to to get you know a Kennedy and a starting players on your bench is fucking gonna pay off. Yeah, and I mean like as much as I want to get like Martial in, it's just I can't afford to do it at all. I I, I don't want to downgrade anywhere really, so I don't think that's happening for me. All right, but what about you? So you're I'm going I'm be- going back on your your team. Like I'm scrolling back through the game weeks, and you've had at least one auto sub in. Every game week, except for game week four and game weeks one and two, you've had at least one auto sub and often two. It's good. It's good. That's I'm just I mean, great. I'm, no, I'm that's, just I'm I'm good at planning my team. I'm good at making a team. I'm good at FPL. But that's just, the thing. It has like good almost nothing to do with you, which is it has that's, everything to do with me. It's my team. What are you talking part. about? I mean, like Trent was a universally. Considered good, not that risky pick, and he gets dropped for two games. Or other random guys who play zero minutes. Sometimes it's like 
Yeah, well, we did talk about Gomez versus Trump for, for a good little bit that day before when I did that move. I don't think I thought about that. I wish we did it. Yeah. Well, that's what we were thinking. It was like, I kind of like Gomez, or I kind of like him, but like, it's really just overthinking it, like Trump, blah, blah, blah. We're like, yeah, this right, is just right, right. overthinking Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's enough about you. Let's talk about, well, not enough about me. Let's talk about you. Enough about you to talk about me. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what the fuck to do. Mm-hmm. I I look at my team and I see a lot of bad picks, but I also look at my team and be like, I'll probably be fine again this week. I've been fine for a few weeks running, kind of. I had that one horror show week, but most weeks I'm like in and around the average, like doing decently. Um, like even this week, like perfect example, I listed all those guys who blanked at the beginning of the pod and I still went up. And I look at my lineup this week, and I'm like, okay, all six of my defenders have really good fixtures. My only like quote unquote bad fixtures are my city guys at Spurs, but I kind of consider that them just fixture proof anyway. So yeah, city don't have bad fixtures, right? So again, is it like, do I just roll? I really don't need to even use a free transfer this week. It'll be another week without Hazard, who has a really good fixture. Or and you know, and Trent may not start again, and my bench is even worse than your bench, which is really difficult to pull off. Um, <laughs> or, or do I stop just kind of like waiting and floating and just like being okay and like make a big move? It's kind of shifting sands time, as we mentioned before. A lot of like a lot of things that I feel like we feel confident in that we didn't feel confident in at the beginning of the season, like nailed and not nailed defenders and stuff like that. And then a lot of just, you know, big fixture changes. Like, like you mentioned, like a Z I don't feel fantastic about, especially spending 10 million there. Um, I have double Chelsea defense. I have Alonzo and Louise like that. Neither of those feel good, even though they're at Burnley this week, which is fine. And, and home palace next week. But I just don't know. It's basically like if I'm not wildcarding this week, like what's it going to take for me to wildcard? Because I'm probably still going to be fine this week, you know? And so I I don't know. I, it's like when am I going to make my moves to gain ground and get hazard and stuff? It's like I don't see those in the near future without wildcarding. Mm. It's, a, it's a troubling thing. I, I'm very unsure about it. And that's why I haven't popped it yet, and I'm ignoring, like, I haven't ridden the price changes yet because I'm very unsure if I should do it or not. It's just, it's worrying. I was I fucking feel... this close from from having 100k green arrow this week. Yeah, uh, I just feel like the main thing that you're going to want to change is your double Chelsea defense. Like, that's a big switch that you're going to make. And when they have two really good clean fixtures right now and next week, it seems like it's just not like great timing. It's just a bad timing, yeah. But at the same time, the great fixtures for clean sheets also happen to usually coincide with great fixtures for goals, and you don't have Hazard. And I don't have, yeah. So, I mean, are you just like hoping to cover what Hazard gets with like the double, you know, that kind of thing? So then that's also like, I'm not sure where the logic lies. I mean, I kind of. Like if if they get cleans, which I'm not confident in them, even though they're good fixtures, they still concede their big chances. Like I'm not really confident in their cleans. Like if they double clean, I should probably cover Hazard's points. Like I do think it would kind of work like that. But Hazard getting points is a lot more reliable than a double clean, back to back game weeks of a double clean. 
if yeah. that makes any sense, you know. So it's just like you know, Madison still got really good fixtures and still a pretty decent pick, even though you know he hasn't really been lighting the world on fire. I mean, recently. the thing, yeah, the thing is, is like you say that the double Chelsea defense is like my biggest like change. I honestly think Kuhn and Laka are my biggest change mm, because okay. that's twenty two million, pretty much twenty one and a half million that I don't think I would have in a, in a wild card team. So mm-hmm. that more than anything is like, that's how I get Kev, that's how I get Hazard, and then I'll figure out the defense from there. I just don't know. Again, I mentioned earlier, I just don't know how much ground you're going to gain by removing Kuhn. I mean, he's still returning every week. I think yeah, it's just, you just stop captaining him. Like That's the thing. Is like I don't view him as a problem at all. Like I definitely am yeah. worried that he's not playing ninety minutes and he hasn't done since like game week three or whatever the fuck. But yeah. he has whatever his little foot thing is. But I mean, is that going to carry on all season? Do we have long a large enough sample to just say this is what's happening for the rest of the year? I don't know. We might. I mean, I it's, know, been, it's been it's been five, five straight weeks, weeks plus Champions League. Also, I mean, he's not playing ninety the, there. The, the the thing with Kuhn is, I mostly agree with you, but he's the same price as Hazard, who plays yeah. ninety every week, and he's and is, yeah. You know, so that's where the discrepancy comes. It's like that's, that's straight. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it, I guess, in a different place because I have yeah, Hazard you have also, both. so I'm like, yeah. I have the safety blank. I'm not like terrified about it. So right, and then Laka. I mean, I mentioned his like not very impressive underlying sets. They also have at Palace is not good, and then a pretty bad run of home Liverpool, home Wolves, at Bournemouth, okay, home Spurs at United, and then another like little good run, but. In the same stretch, like someone like Arnie with a sea of green fixtures, I expect to arguably outscore, maybe, you know, not. I mean, this is the other thing, just very simplistically looking at it. I mean, you would be making, you have 15 players in your team, you'd probably be making about 10 changes. That's a lot. That's enough, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, we haven't enough. even talked about enough. my bench. I have two non-playing players on my yeah, bench and, and Billing. <laughs> Billing, yeah. I and think, I get auto subs as much as you do. You know, <laughs> I think I think it might be. I think it might be time. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, that's I'm getting, a lot getting, of changes. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I'm getting more. Uh, I'm getting more into it. You're getting on board. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. it's. I think it's a fine time to fine time to push it. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean. I'll keep everyone, I'm sure, in Slack and everything like up to date with my wildcard status and my different tinkers and stuff like that. But I think it's going to be a long week of me fucking tinkering around. Yeah, I mean, I think heavy midfield. If you if you don't want to keep Kuhn, then you probably go Arnie and Mitra up top, and then you know you're in some type of a three five two or a four four two. Probably where I would be going this week. Yeah, I might go four five one even. I just think that limits your flexibility so much. Don't forget also, dude, if you're using your wild card right now, you know December is going to be here before you know it. And if you have two spots of the four or five bracket at forward, you're going to be fucked. Yeah, that's true. There, that There's no one who plays there. That's yeah. really a concern. Yeah, that's yeah. a good call. I mean, success is fine for now. And then, you know, maybe you can get, a, you know, usually you get away with two players on the bench during the fixture pileup. You don't need all three. But, you know, if you have two four fives, you know that's not going to be a great thing for you. Yeah, but I am, I mean, based off of this pod, I will, in my tinkers, because it looks like I'm leaning towards wildcard, I will try and focus a little bit harder on the bench than I normally would and get actual guys who are nailed and, and play 90 and stuff because, I mean, it's like I could go pay 0.5 more over success and get, you know, fucking, I don't know. I'm making I'm making it up right now off the top of my head, but I could find someone who plays and... If they're getting auto sub almost every week, 
it's fucking worth it. Like, you know, like if I, like normally spending five, five on a bench, just for an example is, is blasphemy. Like spending, if I went ings over success as my 12th player, it's just ridiculous and complete waste of money. But how often do I need an automatic sub to happen for that to be worth it? And the the rate that we're going at this season, I feel like it would be worth it. Like yeah. it's happened every fucking week. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, I'm I getting mean, success for 19 minutes, or I'm getting like an actual starter who has a chance to score every week who shoots yeah, the a lot. The only difference I think it would depend if you're going to go with four or five in midfield because I would rather spend five million or between the four eight and five million region on the first at the bench than spend five five or five six on the forward when they're pretty comparable. Yes. So that's the that's the main main difference. I think. Yeah, but it is definitely something to play with. Yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, that seems pretty safe. And honestly, I mean, other than Kuhn, if Kuhn starts playing ninety again, you're like, I have to get him back in because he's playing ninety again. It's hard to really think that the the meta game is going to shift anytime soon. I mean, there first of all aren't that many premium strikers in the game in the player pool. Period. There's yeah, like just five. Period. Yeah, and I mean, they all have problems. So you know, I mean, it could obviously change. There's a long season to go, but. For right now, wild carding into that doesn't seem like it's that crazy to. Yeah, know. I don't feel that risky, even though it's like a non-traditional formation and non-traditional money Stru- distribution. Yeah. Yep. All right. Interesting dude. times. Okay, stay tuned for lineup lambs. Yeah, fucking a. All right, so let me let me slap some asses. Um, these are the new Patreon signups of the week. We got Kieran Evans. Kieran with the Irish spelling, C I A R A R A N, right? That's Kieran. Yeah, I think so. That's the yeah. yeah, up the raw. Uh, Abbas <laughs> Bello. We got Johnny Rye, Rye Playland. We got Dan White. We got Joshua, good lad, good man. We got Jeremy. This guy's last name is Cockram. So it's definitely not his real name, but that's cool. That's okay. And the legend goes if your family's last name is Cockram, the men all have cocks the size of rams and the women all. You know, no, I don't know. Finish that thought. I, you know, okay. Da, 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 da. And lastly, David Brent, great job by all of you. Slap their fucking anuses. Welcome to the club. Thank you for signing up. Love you all. Yes. Um, <laughs> any last words, or are we wrapping up here? I never, have, I literally, never have last words. I like asking you though. I know, I, I know you do. And I, I just get a little no. reaction okay. from you every time. <laughs> <laughs> Check us out at fmlveal.com. Follow us on Twitter at fmlveal. Support us at slash fmlveal. Subscribe, rate, review on all your podcast streams. Cheers!